This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 97 of Aviation Careers Podcast. I am joined today with another person that I absolutely love talking to, and that's Eric Crump. Eric, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. I thought you were going to say that you just loved me. No, I do. That's true. I do. So so only if I have a purpose do you love me. I see how this is. As long as you say nice things about me. (laughs) I always say nice things about you. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. Well, yes, and uh, we're glad everybody's here to listen uh, today. Thanks so much for all the feedback. Feedback you send to us. Remember, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Today is going to be a session of questions and answers. And we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from folks that, uh, you know, they find their most of their questions answered on this podcast. And if you go back, remember, if you click on the past episodes at the top, you can actually find a lot of the, the questions that you have answered in the past episodes. But don't be shy. We don't mind saying things over again. We really like to have multiple questions on the same topic because it all comes at a different angle and it's much more nuanced that way, our answers and also the questions. But before we begin, we have a couple interesting announcements. Uh, the first announcement I have actually is about the scholarships guide. That is, uh, like I said, this has morphed into a really incredible project. And um, one of the things that I've been so excited about is it's actually now finally uh, helping people. I'm hearing back from people that have actually received the scholarships because they actually found them in the guide. So this has been very, very exciting. With that said, I'm getting some feedback about the way that it's organized. We decided to do a whole reorganization of the scholarships guide, and it's really simple. We put the the categorical index in the beginning, which we didn't have before, like you asked for, and uh, we also made the the, uh, intro a little bit shorter. Uh, and we also just said, hey, listen, this is how you use the guide. We gave a little more a little more color to how to use the guide. Plus, we're going to have more articles in the front about, uh, and that's coming up in the 2016 edition, about how to use the guide and how to get a scholarship. And uh, we're actually going to have some guest writers, possibly Eric Crump and uh, also Ryan Wallace from Polk State College and a couple other folks are going to add uh, some articles to this guide. The, uh, the other thing I want to make an announcement about is this. Again, from your feedback... Uh, you know we have the the membership website, which includes all the different videos that we have and, and all the other information as far as uh, technical videos and also videos about uh, careers and how to move forward in your career and uh, the Pilot Jobs book, etc. Well, some people just come to us for the scholarships guide, so this is what we're going to do. Starting in the 2016 guide, and you're going to see that come up on the, on the website within the next couple of... Uh, couple of weeks, we're going to have the 2016 Scholarships Guide for sale, and this is what you're going to get. If you just purchase the Scholarships Guide, which is still $10, you get access to that Scholarships Guide and all the updates for the rest of that year through 2016. So if you purchase it, say, tomorrow in this year, 2015, you'll get this guide in this year. You'll also get next year's guide and all the updates that we make. We make a minimum a minimum of four updates per year. And that's what differentiates us from all the other guides that are out there is the fact that we actually are auditing, 
we're updating and we're verifying all the different scholarships in there. I tell you, I'm really excited about the the new format here. So you're going to see that on on the website. I know, uh, Eric, you got a, a chance to actually take a look at the the new format of the guide. What do you think? I did one of the coolest things uh, about podcasting with Carl, other than getting you know just to talk to Carl, is that I get my own personal free version. Of the Airspace Scholarships Guide, which, you know, is a little too late, Carl. You know, I've been out of college for <laughs> years now. So um, it doesn't really uh, – it doesn't help me as much as uh, maybe it would have if this existed. And I, I've said this on this podcast and, and others. If this existed when I was going to college or when I was looking at, uh, at my career in aviation, even after college, because there's type rating scholarships and all kinds of cool stuff in there, um, man, this would have made – a huge difference for me. It makes a difference for my students now. I refer every single person who uses the word scholarship in a sentence to this guide. I think it's great. Um, it was great before, but uh, I got the new version and just took, uh, it took me 30 seconds. I scrolled through it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is so easy to use. Um, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it before. I thought it was a great resource, but um, you guys really did a great job making a great product, incredibly more useful um, and super easy to get into. So um, it's not that I would never um, not recommend the guide. Now I just recommend it even more, um, probably with the proviso that it's going to save you even more time than it did <laughs> in the past. So, I mean, and if you guys are you're hearing what Carl's saying about you know getting the guide and getting another year's worth of updates, I mean, we're talking about a $10 investment for um, millions of dollars worth of rewards. I, I have no idea, Carl, you probably know what the total dollar value of scholarships you have in the guide. But I mean, this is a, it's a crazy resource, and I, I hope you guys are taking advantage of it. Um, I know my students are, and I can't tell you uh, specific results on how many people get scholarships or not because I just I can't keep up with it all. But I can tell you that um, I've got a stack of uh, applications on my desk that I'm supposed to do signatures for and letters of recommendation for and every single one of those applications came from this guide so um you know thanks for getting the word out carl and team um and if you don't have this thing you need to go get it you need to use it well thanks for that uh, eric i appreciate uh, your feedback on it. and as far as the number of scholarships uh actually we're in the process of recounting i know it's well over a million dollars in over 100 scholarships right now we're adding quite a few we our team has grown here at uh, Valeria Aviation Corporation and that we have uh, now, I think it's four people working on the scholarships now. And uh, as a matter of fact, that's interesting. I forgot to mention a very, very important announcement. My wife, Gina, actually is joining the team now. Uh, so she's uh, no longer doing her job. She's now working full-time for us and helping out with the scholarships guide and also with everything else that we do with this, the coaching and uh, the career counseling, et cetera. So, uh, and we're... really what that means is that Valeria Aviation Corporation finally has good management. Uh, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell it us. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> Hopefully we stay married after her doing work with us. <laughs> My wife and I have worked together at times in the past, and they're, we're a great team, but we probably shouldn't work together. <laughs> yes, it can, it can be challenging at times. No, it's it's good, and it's really cool because she's not really that uh, interested in, in the aviation side where it's flying, but she loves the other side. Her background is actually in, in maintenance control in the Navy. Uh, so she did maintenance control and technical publications uh, in the Navy, and what that is is she she just actually controlled the parts and made sure all the all the orders and and all the maintenance calls that came in they got they got completed, uh, 
and were placed in, uh, and also the manuals were placed properly in the aircraft and were updated, that type of thing. So she's, she has some background in aviation, but more on the administrative side, and this is right up her alley. This is more administrative. Uh, but uh, what's really cool, too, is we're getting a lot of calls from people now telling us they want to be in our guide because it's really become a great resource. For $10, you're getting all this information. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. Also, uh, with that said, too, some people have been asking about the, the career coaching. Uh, we do do career coaching, and uh, just to give you, you know, take a look at the website. It has all the benefits there, but uh, we really put a plan together for people for going forward in their career uh, and also help them decide whether they want to make a career in aerospace, aviation as a flight attendant, mechanic, etc. Uh, and, it's, and the first initial consultation is only $75, and that includes a, a plan of action uh, moving forward. So we give you a lot, of, a lot of stuff in our first session. As a matter of fact, sometimes we get so much stuff in the first session, we don't, you don't really need to come back again for quite some time. So uh, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I wish I had with somebody that I could actually throw information up against and, and get some really good information about what I need to do with my career. Anyway, the... Uh, the other announcement, and then we'll move on to our questions here, is, you know, well, Eric, actually, I'm going to let you do this announcement. Polk State College has something really interesting that happened recently. Yeah, so um, uh, as most of you are probably aware, if you've been uh, listening to the podcast for a while, Carl and I generally always say something about our, our Polk State flight team, for which, um, I mean, not, not to make Carl's ego grow any more than it already is, Carl... Um, in addition to helping all of you guys with your careers, also volunteers his time uh, to the college as the coach of our of our brand new flight team that just started in January. Um, they um, uh, competed in NIFA, the Inter- National Intercollegiate Flying Association. That's a mouthful. Uh, they're regional SAFECON uh, here. We're uh, we're in Central Florida. We're located in Region Nine, and we compete against some of the best aviation colleges and universities in the country in our region. And I'm very pleased to say that. Not only did they go to their first competition and not humiliate themselves, which, you know, that's the first time you're always worried about that. Not only did they not humiliate themselves, they did really, really well. Um, they won the uh, safety award for our region. Uh, they won the uh, the challenge award, which is, I call it best in show. I think they call it uh, the spirit award or something. It's just all around great improvement, attitude, uh, contributions, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, And then ended up placing... Uh, fourth overall in the flight events and fifth overall as a college. Um, one of our students ranked fifth uh, total in our region as as uh, the fifth pilot um, and uh, placed second place in several events, third and a couple more. Um, just super thrilled for those guys. And, and we're a, I guess we can't really say we're a small program anymore. We were, but um, we have a small flight team. We have six members. When you look at teams like uh, Auburn and Embry-Riddle and FIT who bring 20 and 30 people to competition with multiple alternates just in case they're needed, um, our six people worked like a, like a crazy team um, in order to compete in all the events um, you know, over, over a week-long period. I could not be more proud of them and, uh, and the results they brought back and, and just have to you know, publicly say thank you to Carl because Carl's obviously busy. He has a, a real job that he you know, pays his bills with. And then in addition to you know, the give backs that he already makes the aviation industry, you know, volunteering your time, Carl, to come over and help us. Uh, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. Students appreciate it. And, um, and it, it comes to good results. So um, 
very happy for them. And uh, I guess the congratulations goes to you, too. You're the coach. <laughs> well, gosh, you know, as, as coach of the team, I'd have to say that I've really have to say it's the students that have done everything. I mean, I, I, I gosh, tried to make as many practices as I could, and uh, it just wasn't as many as I'd like to. Uh, they did most of it on their own. It, it, it truly was a student-centric team, and uh, hats off to all the, the students that competed and also the students that actually helped support the team. Congratulations to those folks, too. Great job. Um, I am so excited for next year. Uh, we may even have uh, a competition uh, locally with the regionals and possibly nationals a couple of years down the road. So we'll keep you updated on, on how that all turns out. We're, we're pretty excited about NIFA and the competition. And uh, another thing I want to I make a note about for those of you looking at a career as a pilot is that being involved in NIFA is huge on your resume. Of course, you know, being in the scouts and being in other organizations is wonderful. But I tell you, I've heard this from multiple people that are in the hiring departments at airlines. When they look down there and they see that you were in NIFA and you competed uh, with the flight team, it means a lot and that your resume is going to percolate up because a lot of the same people that are interviewing you were also involved in NIFA and on a flight team. And uh, I'll tell you, one chief pilot I talked to said, listen, that's, that goes right to the top of the stack for me. You know, that, that's a lot of effort to go out and compete. Uh, it takes, uh, it really does take above and beyond what you need to do for as a flight instructor and as a pilot at a, at a school. And it takes a lot of sacrifice because uh, it's, it's a lot of time. So that's, with that said, I mean, I really, again, thanks for that, Eric. And uh, I appreciate what the students have done. And I can't wait till uh, the next year comes up and start uh, going forward with that. Well, gosh, we took a little time here to make some announcements. So let's get into the questions. Why don't we, Eric? You ready? Let's do this. All right. Let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah, this is cool. This is a fun show. What we're going to do, just like we do before, I'll start with the first one, then Eric will answer the second one. We'll go from there and have discussion. Uh, we uh, And if you have questions, of course, go to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We de-identify all your personal information, and also we try to de-identify as much as we can as far as where you live, et cetera, if you want us to. Some people want us to actually identify who they are and where they live. Normally, we don't put your name in, but the questions are absolutely terrific. So with that said, our first question comes in and says, thank you so much for helping people like me who are looking into a career in aviation. Your site and podcast is one of the best resources that I have found. Please keep going. I'm a 35-year-old husband and father of two. After high school, I pursued a career in media, but always dreamed of becoming a pilot. This year, I decided to stop dreaming and start flying. Needless to say, I love it. It's everything I expected it to be. Now I'm at a crossroads and could use some insight that you might have. I would like to transition from my current career field to aviation. At the same time, I found that there is a large upfront investment to become an airline pilot. Furthermore, I'm worried that I'm too old to be competitive in the marketplace. What are your thoughts? Am I too old to become a major airline pilot? Would I be able to make enough as a regional pilot to support my family? If being a pilot is out of the picture, are there other jobs, career paths, etc. you'd recommend for me to take a look at? I'd like to make over 65000 a year. Thanks again for all you do. You know, it's interesting. Uh, There's a couple things here. Number one, you're 35 years old. I started my career in aviation at 33 years old. So I would say no, you aren't too old to get started. 
Uh, I actually got on with the uh, with a major by the time I was in my mid 40s. Uh, so I'm a little bit older than than I sound like, I, I think. Uh, but I also uh, would not worry about being competitive in the marketplace, which you mentioned. It's You definitely are competitive. Things have really shifted over the years. It's not the old days where if you weren't 30 years old by the time you got to a major, your career was over. Uh, it's better to get in earlier because then you could make more money, obviously, and put more money into your 401k, into your retirement, et cetera. And also everything's based on seniority, especially your salary. So the longer you're at an airline, the more you make. And that's obvious. That's true with just about any job. Uh, But as far as, let's look at this one very important question. Will you be able to make enough as a regional pilot to support your family? Um, You're talking about wanting to make over $65,000. i am not sure you you said when you wanted to make that. You're not going to make that first year. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you know anybody that's gone to the airlines made 65000 a year the first year. No, I <laughs> never heard of that happening. I've heard but, of I mean, people I, making I, I, half I, that. I don't think even that happens uh, 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 mainline. Um, you know, when you when you promote up, um, I don't know, with uh, with Americans' new pay scale, that, <laughs> you may be pretty close. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, can't, uh, I can't imagine uh, a first-year airline job even coming from the regionals go into a major where you're going to see that your first year. But, you know, that's – it is definitely more your your venue, Carl, but from who I talk to, I, I don't know of that existing anywhere else. And, the, and it's interesting because you listen to the, the students that are moving on to the regionals. There's I've heard in the 30s at a regional, but that's because of all the bonuses they're giving right now, signing bonuses, et cetera. Uh, you have to remember when I started with the regionals a while back, we were actually having to pay for our training. So not only did we only make 18000 a year, we had to pay them $14,000 to actually just go to work for them. Just for um, the privilege of, uh, of uh, showing up for training. Of showing up, yeah. yeah it's it's a, definitely a different industry now than it was then. Things have changed. Uh, but I, I would say this. you Make sure you, you look into that. that. And that's a great point. Look into the airline. You can go online. There's lots of websites out there that give you the actual pay scales, et cetera. And those pay scales vary tremendously from regional to regional. There's there's certain, for instance, turboprop airlines that you wouldn't think of, but actually have a really good pay scale. It's interesting you, you talk about making over sixty five thousand a year. I know uh, somebody who's a regional airline pilot, and their second year, and their second or third year, excuse me, their third year, they're going to be making over sixty five a year. Of course, they're making that as captain. They were able to upgrade to captain very quickly. Now, with that said, that that enables them to move on quickly to the majors. And uh, what's what's happening there, though, is a lot of guys don't want to go to the majors because they're making so much at the regionals. A regional airline pilot makes really good money, uh, it, but obviously not as much as you're going to make. When and you you're have the, more base options. Yes. The, the, the commuting isn't as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's my issue. If, if I were in the business right now, it would be really hard for me to pull the trigger on going, um, on making the, the the major upgrade because, you know, by the time I'm senior regional, because you're a regional airline, you got way more base options to choose from, um, and you know the, the commute <laughs> isn't. An, that's my only, my biggest Eric's biggest issue with the airlines. I don't talk bad about flying for the airlines. It just it was never my thing. I wanted to do the corporate deal because I wanted to stay. I wanted to live where I wanted to live. I didn't want to have to move somewhere. Or have to deal with the commute, um, and that that gets really tough. You're looking at that. You're sitting. You're making uh, six figures. You got the, your choice of base. You're working when you want to work. And do I really want to upgrade? And and the regionals are making it pretty sweet to stay right now. 
And, you know, it's interesting because they're really trying to hold you back and, and say, hey, listen, stay here, don't move forward, uh, because we really want you to stay at the regional. So they're, they're really sweetening the pot. Uh, just to give you a good example, I, I have a, a person I'm working with now who went on to the majors, was making 130000 a year as a regional pilot, and now is going to go back to making less than 65000 a year his first year at a major, uh, because you go back down to the bottom of the pay scale. Uh, but but with that said, let me. There's a caveat there, so don't think the majors don't pay well. They do. Uh, after the first year, you usually will make fifty percent to a hundred percent more than you were making your first year. So yes, if you go to the majors, it's going to take you two to three years before you're making six figures. Uh, so yeah, that that's it's going to happen. It's uh, but at, at the regional, it's kind of tough to do that. If if that is not appealing to you, uh, to going to the regionals and and other career paths might be more interesting. I personally love instructing, and if you're the type of person who likes to teach, uh, if I lost my medical tomorrow, the next day I beat out hounding uh, Eric Crump and, and other universities for, for a job to actually teach in aviation, because teaching is just absolutely so rewarding and, and so much fun. Uh, you can still teach it in an airplane. It uh, might be a simulated airplane, but you still can teach people how to fly an airplane. Just because you don't have a medical doesn't mean you can't fly. So those are some other career paths. A lot of people do that. Uh, we had somebody on here uh, who was a Carlene Pettit who did that while she was uh, growing her family, went into uh, actually uh, a simulator instructor. And you can make really good money as a sim instructor, actually. You can make really good money as a sim instructor. Do not snub your nose at working for your training department. No. You have no idea. <laughs> You're thinking, no, I'm going to be a pilot and make big money. No, 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 no. The training <laughs> department, I know it sounds crazy. The training department, the um, the schedule, the pay, seriously, if the opportunity comes up and you enjoy instruction, you need to be talking to your training department. Um, I'll leave that at that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm guaranteeing right now, if I was at the airlines right now, not that I love flying, guys, I do. I, I love to fly, but I would be in the training. I would be knocking down the door of the training department to get in. That's my, my, perfect, my perfect situation. You're around airplanes all day. And you get to teach people how to fly them. That's why I do what I do now. <laughs> it's it's a dream job. It is, and I and the money is is really good because what they do at most airlines is they give you extra pay and extra incentives so that you will teach, say, in the simulator, et cetera. And if your is, issue is not a medical issue, of course, they're going to have you go out on the line and actually pick trips up uh, to go fly. So say one day you're like, eh, you know what? I think I want to go to St. Martin for 30 hours and hang out on the beach. You can pick up that trip from the person that's actually flying that trip. That person gets paid, and you get paid for that trip. So it's a, it's pretty darn cool. As a matter of fact, I bring that up because that's what happened. I was with a, a folk, uh, an individual that was from the training department and picked up a trip and said, you know what, I felt like going to the beach. So I picked up a trip to St. Martin. I got my flying in, and I got to go to the beach. That's a pretty cool job in the training department. So a lot of good stuff here. I think I think what you said, you know, don't don't snub your nose at the training department is very true. You'd be shocked at at the amount of money you can make. Now, in comparison, obviously you will make more if you're a training instructor in the airplane, like a check airman, an online check airman, etc. Uh, just because of the fact that you can work your schedules and make more money. Uh, but still, the training department's a wonderful thing to look at. Well, gosh, that, that was a great question. Thanks so much, and uh, appreciate that. Moving on to the next question, and uh, I'm going to throw this into uh, 
actually Eric's lap a little bit here, and we're going to talk a this little bit. This is funny. I think Carl actually picks these questions on purpose. You notice how he said, I'm going to do the first, and Eric's going to do the second one? I the did, second actually. question is like six pages long. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're, but we're not. <laughs> and, and, and oh, by the way, if you have a long question, send it to us. There's some really cool stuff out there. And, uh, and what Eric's is saying is he's looking at this saying, oh, my gosh, this is a long question. But we love to <laughs> I hope I don't miss something. I'm going to try. Yeah. No, no. There's, I've, I've highlighted the, the questions for you to make it easy, Eric. So thank you. You make it the better. <laughs> I'm just a college professor. Don't, don't stretch out my brain. Uh, you're too funny. The uh, anyway, moving on to this question, it says, "Hey, Carl, I guess having heard everyone else's immense gratitude to you, I just don't know any other way to outstrip them in expressing my gratitude towards your efforts. A heartfelt thanks for all." That being said, I'll jump right to the point. Well, thanks for that, by the way. Um, I've earned a bachelor's in psychology from the U.S. and am currently 25. Being an Indian citizen, I nonetheless love staying in the U.S. and wish to marry and settle in the United States. But I don't plan on settling immediately. After marriage, my wife and I plan to settle in India for four years, in which time I can use my contacts with pilots in India to get a regional airline job flying either an A320 or A319 as there aren't jobs flying smaller aircraft there. This is an incredible opportunity with my citizenship. I'll say. Uh, what, yeah, just I had to slow up there when he was saying that. I was like, wow, that's a regional. Yeah, 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 I'm moving to How India. How do you get Indian you have to get, citizenship? No, you have to get your citizenship there, there first. Is there a podcast for that? I, you know, there probably is, and we'll look into it for you, Eric. <laughs> but, he, you know, this is a great opportunity. It's awesome. But uh, anyway, he continues. He says, after having stayed there to earn my 4,000 hours, I plan to jump back to the U.S. and join a legacy carrier a320 and work my way through the usual ladder as per the usual cliche i love flying since my first cockpit experiences and plan on three potential routes towards getting my pilot's license before heading to india which of the three would you think is wisest move since i know that an additional aviation college degree doesn't necessarily hold merit once one has accrued enough number of hours in something like an a320 so here are the three options and remember this person does have a degree Number one, get a quality education by transferring what classes can be transferred from my previous bachelor's towards an aeronautical science degree at an aviation college like Embry-Riddle and then move temporarily to India. That's an interesting one. Number two, join a 10-month aviation flight school program like all ATPs over here in the U.S. for about, I think he was saying he was quoted 55000 uh, or CTC flight school in the U.K., which I don't have much experience with that one, by the way. Uh, they have a lot of airline partnerships, which is cool. He mentions that. And then he's talking about moving temporarily to India. Have you heard about these schools and, uh, and about their credibility? I think uh, all ATPs is a really good school. Uh, CTC I've heard of. I don't know enough about it, so I'm not going to comment on it. Uh, but I do know about them. And uh, gosh, you know what? We probably should have them on the show. Uh, number three. Note to self. Yes, note to self. CTC Aviation. I just wrote it down. Uh, number three. He says, join an only for Indian Nationals cadet program at a regional airline after getting through selection process and fly the right seat of an A320. The cadet program is an ab initio that the CAE, Oxford Academy, in India has with an airline. Uh, that's actually, CAE, that's a really good school, by the way. I know I, I, I don't have much experience with them, but I have much experience with the people that have come from there. Real neat people uh, at Oxford. Uh, at the end of the about, it's about 55000 I have an Indian commercial pilot's license and A320 type rating. But this sounds too good to be true, as some cadet programs, especially with aviation in India, yeah, you know, you have to read the fine print because, uh, you know, they don't guarantee you an airline job 
if uh, they no longer need uh, first officers at that airline. I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to uh, mention the actual airline he's talking about. Uh, it's an 18-month program, but not sure of the integrity of the whole thing. He also says, or join the Qatar Airways CTC Aviation Academy uh, partnered uh, 150,000 cadet program and after selected and joined the right seat of an A320 after getting going through the selection and obviously qualifying through all the phases of the ab initio training program. They do guarantee money return if one doesn't make it past a certain phase. Quite a lengthy email, but I'm a wee bit lost as to which option sounds the wisest, especially since I know that I eventually want to get to the bigger jets but be settled in the West. I figure that I'll do everything to expedite the process without compromising on quality, for I'm going to be responsible for the safety of people's lives, and I believe in quality over quantity. Please do as... I know, this guy's pretty good. I love that that quote right there. Mm -hmm. Please do as usual and keep all info anonymous. We will. Thanks for taking time out to help. Also, I've also had an aviation bug, but I'll probably get a sport pilot to make sure that I'm apt for handling aviation. Your advice certainly... uh, would mean much to me sincerely and his name is down there so yes there's there's a lot of information here uh we do have quite a few uh indian nationals here in the u.s that actually i worked with in uh in a couple of flight schools i was in i will say from my experience before i, I let uh, throw this over to eric uh, a lot of those nationals actually wound up working uh here in the u.s and never went back to their country so i've seen that happen uh but eric what what do you think's one of the the top things in this list that he has here you know getting you know an education uh and transferring to a program he already has a degree or doing in like a 10 month program or doing an uh, uh, uh only for indian nationals cadet program oh geez this is a tough one um and i have this conversation with potential students here a lot and it's the same sort of thing and i always lead off with this so i'll lead off with it here um, ultimately, all of these options are good, <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll give you some advice, but ultimately, this comes down to what makes the most sense for you. Um, none of these options are bad. Um, they're all fine, um, and ultimately, you just have to pick the thing that you think is going to be the best for your lifestyle. Um, obviously, a, an accelerated aviation program like that, that's all day, every day. I mean, you're going to give up your life for, a, for just under a year. Um, going to get another degree um, is, is fine. That's certainly an option. But you've, you've got the degree already. Um, you don't really, I don't know how to say this, it's not that you necessarily need the degree. You're, you're using the degree to get the flight training. So, you know, do you, do you need to get the extra degree? No. Um, perfectly good option. And it's always great to expand your aviation knowledge base, don't get me wrong, but um, probably some unnecessary work there is my, my point. You're going to do more work than what you have to, and I know you don't want to sacrifice quality. I appreciate that, but you're going to take on extra time there that you don't need to spend. Um, and then, as far as the um, Indian Nationals Only Cadet Program, I, I can't say anything bad about CA Oxford. Um, I, I don't have any direct experience with the actual flight program. I do know just through uh, connections and FA working groups and stuff that I that I do. I know some of their uh, their training staff. Um, and can't speak highly enough about their approach to pilot training. Um, and with a background in psychology, uh, you're gonna you would probably like uh, CAE's approach because it is entire like the Polk State College program entirely based on human factors and safety management systems. So, from a psychology perspective, a lot of that's going to fit in with what you've already learned. And um, 
and it, I guess, if anything, it's a, it's a philosophical agreement that you're probably going to have on the way people think and the way they perform and the way they uh, function with the machine, the human-machine interaction piece, which based on your current educational background, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, again, it's, you know, you're talking about an 18-month program and you're reasonably concerned about making sure that you don't get scammed and stuff like that, and I think that, that fear exists in anything, especially when it sounds too good to be true. I understand exactly what that's like. Um, so again, uh, to I guess to come back down to the bottom line, all of them sound fine. Um, in your particular, let me say what I would do if I were in your position. Don't necessarily jump off the cliff just because I told you to, but if I were in your position and I had my bachelor's degree in psychology, um, I would be looking at the, um, the academy arrangement preferably one that had industry connections for direct hire, not, um, not necessarily a, hey, we talked to this airline and they like us, but an actual contract where you have the opportunity to um, direct hire and interview. Um, that, that would be my first choice. Um, and then you know, beyond that, again, it really just depends on how much time you want to spend. Um, other than that, I would, if you have the time and you don't mind adding educational credentials to your resume is always going to benefit you, especially like we just talked about, if you decide you eventually want to go into the training department or uh, other things like that, that the more education you have, the more set up you are to move into other fields, say you lose your medical certificate or, um, or something like that. So I don't know that that helps, Carl. Did, that, I, did I help? Did I even answer that question? I, I, I think sure. it did. I think I can make a stronger statement. I would not do number one um, because right at this moment, I would do it later. If you want to get a degree, uh, you already have a psychology degree. That's great. That's going to help you in a lot of avenues. But right now, you got to con- he's got to concentrate on moving forward with uh, with his flying. Both mm-hmm. number two and number three are great options. Uh, but there are you have to. Uh, the point here is that you have to read the fine print. And uh, even though they have a program, like Eric said, make sure they have a good relationship with a, with a uh, actual airline. A lot of colleges say, well, we, we know, or a lot of flight schools, you know, we know people at these airlines. Make sure you look into that and, and talk to people and say, hey, yeah, do you have those connections? Some of the things he talked about here, like even with like an all ATPs and that type of thing, they have connections at, at the majors and uh, at the regional airlines. Uh, so sometimes the, the cost, which is interesting, the cost is similar. Uh, to actually signing this contract and going ab initio and and moving into a program that's going to put you right into a airline that is possibly at the end not going to be there. So it's like okay, so what's the difference? Uh, not much, and because uh, some of them uh, do say that you're going to have, a, and we have those in the U.S. By the way, there's there's some that will do that, put you right into an airliner and right in the right seat. But sometimes it doesn't work out because what if there's a downturn in the economy and they don't have a job there? So they have to always put that caveat in there. Uh, with some of them, though, of course, uh, you're you're going to get a slot when that slot opens. Okay, it's kind of like becoming an intern. You will have that will have a slot with that airline once that slot comes open. But it could be years down the road, and you may already be working at another regional. So. You know, I think I think two and three are very similar, except for the fact that in the third one you're in a program directly into the specific airline. In the second one, you're kind of open to all the different airlines. So that's that's going to be right there the the decision, and and you're going to have to put a little more color into your own personal situation as far as what it is you want to do, and also 
uh, you know, think about what it is that that's most important to you because you have to it's, you have to take a holistic approach. What's the best thing that, uh, for you individually? So yeah, all uh, of these will work. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll all work. You just really have to pick the one that's going to fit. Like I said, fit your lifestyle, fit what you want to do in the timeline you want to do it. Yes. Well, good stuff. I appreciate the the question there, and I love the fact that he he wants quality over quantity in his training. I think that's extremely important. That's something that we stress here. And uh, everybody would stress because that's something we need. We need good pilots out there. So hats off to you. Hopefully we've we've answered your question there. Integrity, integrity, integrity. Yes, Hold on to that, and that's the that's more beneficial than hours in your logbook or certificates that you have in your pocket any day of the week. Right. I, I agree. I agree. Well, thanks again for the question. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one. We have some really cool stuff here. It says, uh, hello, Carl. Uh, love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. I really appreciate all the insight on this career. Uh, I would love your opinion on what might be my best next move. I'm 28 years old, have a beautiful and supportive wife, and about to complete my private pilot at just over 50 hours. I've always wanted to fly. Yeah, this is awesome. Good job. Uh, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty low hours, which is awesome. I have always wanted to fly and decided about a year ago to go for it. I followed your advice of just taking one step towards your goal slash dream without even knowing it and have made my way through to this point. That's terrific. My mindset in this career has been to take it one step at a time and to look for good opportunities along the way. With that in mind, I'd like to set myself up for flying for a major airline. I'd like to get a bachelor's degree to make the major's possibility. Unfortunately, the only degree program offered in the area recently ended due to a lack of participants and the fact that the weather here and making it through all your ratings in two years is almost impossible. Not sure what to do, other than the convenient location my current flight school is. Not preferable, and it looks like it will be a challenging to find an instructor who is both a good teacher and also available. I want to keep moving in my training and don't want to stop for the winters, and also want to get into flying job as soon as possible. I don't want to stop for the winter either. That's why I moved no, to Florida. <laughs> exactly. No, there's a lot of training that goes on here. <laughs> yes. That's why we're in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, this next barrier, this is interesting. He says, he continues, I'm trying to decide if I should move to a more southern area. Yeah, and, yeah, of course you yeah, Of course you <laughs> And continue my training at a flight school with an accelerated program to possibly get me into the regional sooner. Attend a college program or simply stay put and do the best I can with what's available in my area. If money was no factor, I would love to attend Polk State College where Eric, with Eric <laughs> Crump. Sounds like an incredible program where you have an opportunity to truly learn with great folks and great equipment. I think Eric's well, head thanks. is starting to get really big here. So. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you might have actually made me blush. Yes, I, good. Nice. No, that's true. It's a great program. but it's uh, And don't let the money hold you back. There's lots of different scholarships out there. Uh, with my current the guy. Talk to Carl. Yeah, I was going to say, look at aerospacescholarships.com. With my current, he continues. With my current job, staying in my area would be the most economical. But I don't want to be afraid to pursue my dream full bore. With my age in my mind, I'm really struggling making a decision on what to do next. That in the long run will make me say, "I'm glad I did that." At the end of the day, all I want to be is competent, safe pilot who can share his love of flying with others, and preferably get paid to, for doing it. Heck <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your time, and once again, I appreciate all you do for people like me trying to make their flying dreams a reality. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, gosh, you know, if if this is what you want to do, I I believe, and I, I did some, just to give you a little background on me, I did my training up in the Northeast. I was held up quite a bit, 
and uh, the snow, the the bad weather, etc. I moved all around, but when I went to Florida to do some training, I could fly just about every day. And if the weather was bad in Florida, and this isn't the only state, by the way, there's other states too, but uh, if the weather's bad, it, you just wait a few hours, it changes. There's very few days that we can't go up if you're willing to be patient and wait for the thunderstorms to go away. Some people, they always fly in the morning, but there's certain times of year you can't do that. Like right now in Florida, we're doing this recording in November. In the mornings, there's a little bit of fog. And, a little uh, bit of fog. I couldn't even see the road on the way to work this morning. <laughs> I was just guessing. It, it's probably still there. It feels hard. <laughs> but but with that said, Eric, this is the time of year in Florida that you get to get your students up and do some actual IFR but flying. But if you're an instrument student, you can't ask for – you can't find good IMC that doesn't also include icing or thunderstorms. Florida has at least – I mean, I'm sure there's other places, but Florida has IMC weather flying that is not trying to kill you. So that, I mean, there's, you don't have to worry about the ice at low altitudes. And this time of year, you know, depending on when you're flying and you know, obviously you want to check the weather, but you're also not looking at the summer thunderstorms either. So it's a perfect time to get instrument experience. You know, another good area I found is like Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. Phoenix. My brother's actually there right now uh, just looking at the weather and seeing if he really likes it for like a retirement. Uh, no, most people go to those areas where the weather is good. And uh, a lot of those retirement communities are also great communities for learning to fly. I'd say uh, weather is – just to go back on the weather issue, remember they built 200 airfields in Florida during World War II <laughs> for a reason because the weather was good most every day. As a matter of fact, my local community used to give away the, the newspaper if the, if the sun didn't come out. And that only happened like twice, <laughs> two to three times a day, or two to three times a year, excuse me, two to three times a year. Isn't that incredible? That's a nice gimmick. I like that. <laughs> but Free tuition at Polk State. If, I'm not going to say that. No, <laughs> no, gosh. No, don't, don't say that one. <laughs> I'll be calling you asking for a job yeah, at the Aviation Corporation. You're going to be fired. The, uh, but, but with that said, I, I do think going to a school uh, like a, a Polk State College, you talked about the money. Actually, something like a state school is is a lot cheaper than a, a private university. Uh, something like a, a Polk State, uh, you're looking at a third of the cost uh, than some of these private institutions. And I will say, too, to, to add to that, it's a different experience. Um, and it's not that it's better or worse. It's just something you need to understand. When you go to a four-year university, um, whether it's private or public, uh, one of the big research focuses is going to be research. That's what they do. State colleges, I'm not saying there aren't research-oriented state colleges, but by and large, we're about um, the marriage of theory and practical training that, um, and about job placement. It's not that research isn't important. We think that's great. and We, we actually do a, a little bit of research here. You mentioned uh, Ryan Wallace before. He's, um, he, he loves researching, and that's, one, that's a, great. That's not my thing. That's not what I do, um, but uh, that's cool. It's just it's the type of experience you're going to have um, and uh, the, the, type of, uh, the type of academic environment you're going to go into. Not better or worse. It's just understanding what it is and finding the thing that's better for you. Well, with that said, I, I think you really need to do some more research. Uh, that would be your next step uh, in you know always moving forward in your career and, and start researching what the real costs are, but also researching ways that you can actually pay for those costs. You know, uh, this whole issue of the cost of training is not unique to the aviation industry. Uh, we just had a, a report on our local news channel uh, that I do some work with about scholarships and the fact that you have to have to find a scholarship somewhere because of the cost of, of uh, school in general of colleges so 
it's a good thing. There's money out there, um, and it's become more important for you to try to find that money. Unless you have a big pot of you know money somewhere laying around, then obviously you can go out and use that. But uh, and but so, and some people save for their for their lifetime for for education, etc. So if you're lucky enough to get that, I had that. Luckily, I, you know, my parents paid for all my education except for my flight training. Uh, but it was just really cool to to not have to worry about that. But uh, students these days, definitely, it's a it's a big nut to crack, especially for their parents. I know uh, Eric has uh, a few children, and he's going to be having that issue in a few uh, about ten to fifteen years from now. And I'm sure there's a lot of planning that goes into that. I've already ordered the what is it the twenty doing the math in my head the twenty twenty two version of the aviation scholarships guide. We're gonna we're gonna need that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I pre-order that? You can probably? pre-order that. It's going to be one thousand dollars by then. I'm just kidding. Whoa, <laughs> I'm just a lot kidding. of inflation. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, anyway, actually, can I throw a disclaimer in there real fast? Is that okay? I, I think you should. Okay. Um, first of all, thanks for mentioning Polk's at college um, and for calling me Mister. Uh, no one does that, so that's that's really nice. Makes me feel all official and important. Um, but uh, I, integrity is a huge thing with Carl. It's obviously a huge thing with me too, and so. Um, I just wanted to take a moment, um, not that you did anything wrong with sending this, this email in, I, I really appreciate it, just so that everyone's aware. I, I don't podcast with Carl because uh, Carl pays me because he doesn't. Um, his uh, soothing airline pilot voice is enough for me. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not a business relationship. This isn't a commercial for Polk State College. Um, I do this because I, um, I love aviation. I've loved aviation since I was eight years old. Probably before that, I just don't remember it. Um, and I, I told Carl not too long ago, I, I would I would do this if Carl would have me on this podcast. I would do it if I didn't have a job at all, um, because I mean it probably helps that I do have a job. But anyway, um, especially this it, I, I don't want to make this a, a Polk State Aerospace commercial, and I don't want to try to push that on you like it's the only option. Um, and just to make it make it very clear, uh, you know, Carl and I don't work together. Because it's a, a business relationship at all, actually, we work together because we're friends and we like each other, and it just so happens that we share a common interest, common passion in not only in aviation but in giving uh, you guys information that can hopefully help you find this incredibly rewarding career that uh, Carl and I both were lucky enough to find because of the mentors and guides that we had in our life. So we, I, I know Carl feels this way. I certainly do too. This is a this is a give back activity for me, um, and my first flight instructor taught me from the beginning that. Aviation is not about the plane that you fly or about the certificates that you have or about the uniform that you wear. It's about what you do to better the community. And he taught me that when I was 13. I still remember it. And, um, and I believe that. I think it's really important. Um, that being said, you're more than welcome to come to Polk State College. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Eric, I'm, I'm glad you said that. As a matter of fact, one of the things we need to do is start bringing on, and we've had people from other schools on, is uh, start bringing some folks on to talk about the the other school options, et cetera, just like uh, the flight school options. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it is true, though, that, uh, you know, the, the full disclaimer thing, I guess I should mention this, uh, you know, I really don't make any money off of uh, – Working with Polk State, as a matter of fact, it winds up costing me more money than I'll ever make there. But it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. Just like this podcast is very rewarding. You know, I'm at, I'm at the level where I'm you know I'm in a major airline. It's uh, it's more be a lot more beneficial to me financially, obviously, to go out and fly for a day. I'd make more money in a day than working a whole month doing the podcast. But this is a lot of fun, and this is exactly what uh, Eric said: is it's it's a way to give back uh, back to the community and. Uh, uh, but uh, it's it's you know it's a business obviously I, I won't you know 
gloss over that. I do have people that work for me and all, and I do have to pay those bills. But but still, it, it's it's more of a business and, and a passion than anything else. Uh, so um, with, with that said, I do appreciate your, your the disclosure there and that disclaimer, Eric. I, I'm glad you had said that. Uh, but we're still going to have Eric back on again because we like him. Uh, that's for sure. You can't get rid of no, we can't easy. get rid of Eric. <laughs> and uh, and it, I'm going to call in whether you. I'll I'll find a way to, oh, to be on the podcast whenever I can. And, and by the way, we we usually have Tom Wachowski on for these these Q and As, but uh, he's actually up at uh, I think he said forty one thousand feet right now. So it's kind of hard to get Why him. Can't you just call in. It's not like he's doing anything. You know, honestly, with the with the new wireless that they have, we probably could have done that. He may he's be a little busy at the time. Himself. I mean, he's I'm, probably reading a book. He's too busy too busy watching a Netflix movie. Tom's gonna get mad that I said that. He is. <laughs> he can make fun of me on the next q He's not here to defend himself. It's always much fun. Poor guy. He, he'll say something, I'm sure, on the next podcast. <laughs> By the way, Tom's a great guy, and he's uh, just a really neat uh, uh, corporate pilot that's uh, got some really cool new podcasts out there, new episodes in the Private Jet Podcast. Go check I that out. Oh, it's awesome. I, love, I mean, I, I love yours too, Carl. Don't get me his, wrong. But his, I, I love his podcast. I love, um, I love the way he interacts with his guests. It feels a lot like, I, I mean, I don't. I listen to this podcast even when I'm not on it, um, and um, and it's the same thing that you do. It's a conversation. It feels like, you know, we're sitting around a table and everybody who's listening is kind of sitting around too, and they ask questions and we answer the questions. It's it's very conversational. It uh, it doesn't at all feel like a lecture or you know some kind of philosophical discourse. I, I love I love the way you guys do your podcast, but Tom's especially oh, just yeah. because corporate aviation is my my thing. It was my my first love, I guess, and. Uh, I, I love what he does on private jet podcast. Yeah, he actually uh, the reason I listen to it is because it's educational. I learn a lot from Tom's podcast, the private jet podcast, and we'll definitely put a put a link in the in this uh, podcast to that the private jet podcast. Let's see, Eric, are we able to put in one more question? Or are we sure? I, before we move on, though, let me just say, I mean, I don't want to give away um, location or anything, but I'd just say to uh, to the writer, um, there are a couple of college options uh, in your state. Um, I can't think of I, I when you talk about the program closing down. I, I'm I'm aware of that, but I know there are at least a couple of of college options in your state, so you're not looking at out of state tuition. Um, I mean, it's not going to be down the road. I understand that, but if if the collegiate pathway is something that kind of speaks to you and it looks like an option, um, I can't really recommend it high enough. Um, there is absolutely nothing wrong going to the academies. It's a lot faster. Than doing you know a two year or four year degree, and I understand that. But coming out with the degree, um, it's it's a lot easier to get the job in the first place. It's a lot easier to promote, and it's a lot easier to go laterally through the organization as opposed to just staying within your niche. So I highly recommend if that's an all an option. Um, if it's something that you you know you're you're leaning well, this maybe I, I really can't recommend that high enough. And I would definitely recommend to you that you. You make that a first choice if you can make it work, um, and then beyond that, um, you know, obviously, again, nothing at all wrong with the academies. It's just what your what your long term goal is and what the availability is, because you're looking at cost, especially with a two year program through a, a state college. You're usually looking at somewhere close to the same amount of money for all the same certificates and a degree at a college as opposed to just the flight ratings at an academy. So just you know, keep that in mind, and I wish you the best of luck. And if you want to move to sunny Florida, give me a phone call. (laughs) 
Well, thanks, Erica. I'm glad you put a little more color to that. Actually, you know what? We do. We are going to end it there because we are running out of time. Uh, but that was some, some really good questions. Uh, one of the things also I, I wanted to get some feedback from the folks listening is, uh, do you like the shorter podcasts and the fact that we're putting more out there? Uh, let me know about that. If you have other people that you want to have on the podcast, let us know. Also, tell us your stories. Let us know uh, how this podcast has helped you. But uh, let us also... Uh, know how you are progressing in your career and if there's any advice you might want to give to some of our listeners. We really do appreciate that. Also, the other thing, because we do, uh, we are very involved in scholarships, we usually have a scholarship of the week, and that one actually is uh, the AOPA Blackburn Flight Scholarship. There's two of them available, and they're $5,000. And uh, this flight scholarship actually seeks to assist student pilots who have a financial need with their flight training costs. There you go. Um, you must uh, have a FAA student pilot certificate, U.S. citizen or U.S. permanent resident, 16 years of age at least, and be a current and paid AOPA member. So just go to aerospacescholarships.com and look for the AOPA Blackburn Flight Scholarship. Actually, just go to the bottom of the podcast episode right here, AOPA, or excuse me, Aviation Curse Podcast Episode 97. Well, Eric, boy, I, I we've really got a lot of uh, good questions here. I wish we could spend more time, but we're going to do this again really soon. Uh, I'll be on vacation. That's the other announcement. I'm off for actually. I'm on a real vacation. I know Eric thinks that all I do. Yeah, I thought that was that's called Monday at your house. I thought that was <laughs> Monday through Friday was <laughs> vacation already. Uh, there's there's a there's a difference between days off and vacation, Eric. We have That's to have true. this conversation. Hey man, believe me. It, <laughs> we we have I a, hear, my hand is in the air. I'm waving <laughs> it at you. I know exactly what you mean. So as an airline pilot, that's one of the cool things about the job is that you get some really cool days off. I usually take at least one week straight off every month. Uh, but with uh, a vacation month, normally with the airlines, you can make your schedule. So I basically have the first half of the month off. And uh, so I'm, I've got 21 days off this month, and I'm getting actually more than my full pay because I actually have to do some training, and I'm doing a, a trip afterwards. So usually, and this is going to sound weird, in my vacation month and most ma- vacation months at an airline, you make more money on your vacation month, and you have all this time off, which is really cool. And uh, the other neat thing is now that uh, my wife is working with me, another benefit to being an airline pilot is we're going to go running around uh, in an airplane uh, with the airlines, and we're going to go to the airport, not really knowing what we're going to do day to day and just bob around. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to do uh, St. Martin or uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, or Boston, Massachusetts, or San Diego, uh, or who knows, uh, St. Thomas, San Juan, somewhere in the Caribbean. But we're just going to go and, and wander around. Uh, and that's uh, think about that. That's that's I a. I want you to imagine the look on my face as I'm staring through the computer at you, <laughs> Carl. I want you to imagine <laughs> imagine the scorn with which I am looking at you right now. No, I'm not trying to make you jealous. I'm just saying this is a great benefit of the airline. No, it's a great benefit, man. I'm telling you. That's, wow. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean that that is one of the neatest things about doing this job is the fact that you can. You can do that. You can go and, and travel anywhere you want. There's people that, especially young people that don't have a family uh, or anybody that doesn't have a family and they're on their own, they, they're they like on their days off. It's like, what would you do? Well, I went to see the Louvre. The Louvre? You mean over in Paris? Oh, yeah, I went to Paris for a few days and came back. It's like, wow. 
Uh, and, it, and they know people that travel for a living, they figure out ways to make it cheaper. So really, really cool benefit. And, and, and if you work at a regional airline, you get those benefits too. Uh, so, so just remember that. You can do a ton of traveling. So that's what we're going to do. I have no idea where I'm going, to be honest with you, but uh, I think we're going to head up to uh, see my family in New Jersey. I'm going to go to Scranton, Pennsylvania, because we want to see the coal mines and also see where I went to college and, uh, and do some really neat uh, traveling, say, around the Caribbean and all within a week. Neat stuff, but wow. uh, but yeah, it's 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 not too late to adopt me. Carl. Yes, well, well, um, yeah, it seemed like I have actually. The, <laughs> <laughs> but, just make it. You know, it doesn't have to be like you don't have to. I, don't, I won't call you dad or anything, but, <laughs> but you can just you know, legally adopt me so I could get the benefits. Yeah, that's what my wife said. She has a T-shirt. You know, I married married him to fly for free, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, it really it's there's so much more than the travel. There are a lot of people that don't like to travel at all, and there's a ton of benefits. Like I said, it's the ability to have all this time off, and uh, so I hope I've I've actually you know kind of whetted your palate a little bit and and made you want to become an airline pilot possibly or work as a flight crew member, in flight crew member, etc. But uh, Eric, hey, I really appreciate your being here today, and of course, uh, you can find Eric at his Twitter handle, which is. At symbol C Eric Go S E E E R I C G O. Um, please tweet me. I enjoy tweeting. I get a lot of emails from you guys, and I really appreciate that. Some of you, um, it seems like I, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but for some reason, it's I've become the uh, the clearinghouse of all questions related to pilots who are colorblind. I get I get questions from pilots who are actually colorblind or people who want to fly who are colorblind. You know, who just Want, want some clarification about you know my experience and having to deal with that, but then I get I get emails a lot that are like, how can you be a pilot and be colorblind? <laughs> so uh, those are fun too. Um, but no, I, I appreciate. It. I, I love getting to actually interface with you guys directly. I, I love answering your questions and that kind of thing. But it's nice. So feel free to tweet me or um, you know email me or whatever. That's fun. I I like it and I love being on the podcast. And I uh, hope you guys take that next step like Carl suggests or is about to suggest to you in a second take that <laughs> next step because we both did one day and it worked out really great for us Eric hey thanks for that uh, I appreciate your your plugging that and the fact that you know that that's kind of something that I've always done all my life is just take a small step forward and no matter what you do in your career etc uh, you know I'm doing some training actually with my wife right now and, and she's overwhelmed with some of the things that we're going over because she's not aviation oriented I said listen let's just take it one small step at a time and let's accomplish something just do something uh, right now don't get confused because it can get confusing just do something just like in your career if you're listening right now you're confused as to where you want to go do something now just like researching the schools and the cost of schools the cost of education to move forward in your career and make sure you don't give up whatever it is and and and, and make sure it's your career make sure it's it's something that you truly would like to do you know if you're standing in the, in a room right now by yourself and you say to yourself this is what I want to do I can imagine myself flying through the air that's that's what I want to do if I want to be an engineer designing airplanes because I know a lot of folks that are listening right now want to do that then do that. Also, if you're somebody listening right now, and I have somebody that just wrote into us about this, and you're thinking of getting back into aviation just part-time, go for it. It's incredibly rewarding. We need you out there. We need good people, especially people that are going to actually train the next generation of pilots. We want to see you out there. We want to see you flight training. Folks, I really appreciate you listening. Remember to do something now. Do something today to move forward in your career. And please, write us back. Go on to 
iTunes and rate us. Please give us a five-star review or any review out there you can. We really appreciate you doing that because that helps uh, people find us. And don't forget to to check us out on Twitter. It's at Flying Careers. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.